Welcome into the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW. Um, we've got myself in studio here alongside the lovely Ashley Danielle, or as they also call her, Ashley Miller. How are you doing this morning, Ashley? <laughs> Good morning, Kelly. I'm doing wonderful. It's Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Exactly. Happy Mother's um, Day. My mother in particularly. Um, it's a great, it's a great, it's been a great week. And then of course, you know, we can, I'm sure we're going to talk about today, the NFL draft Cardinals making history with three first rounders first time ever, which is fantastic. It's a great week to be a Cardinal also, you know, it's just been a great week. Plenty to talk about today. As far as NFL draft results, we've got the, the, um, Teddy Bridgewater going to the Vikings, last pick of the first round. Calvin Pryor being drafted by Rex Ryan and the Jets. So a lot to talk about from the, the draft perspective, even specifically to being a Louisville fan. But we've also got the Johnny Manziel story. We've got the A.J. McCarron going to my Bengals in the fifth round. We've got the Michael Sam in the seventh round. I'd like to say that you're probably very happy about A.J. McCarron oh my God. to your Bengals. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm very happy the Bengals are I'm sure at you least. were doing cartwheels in but, your living room. By taking that pick, they are admitting that – Andy Dalton might not be the option. And they I can, admitted what you have known for I, years. For right? years. I mean, I, I don't hate Andy Dalton. He seems like a nice guy. I'm glad he's making a ton of money supporting his family. Sure. Good for him. Yeah. I don't think he's the long-term he's solution for my Bengals. So we've got that to talk about. We're both big NBA fans. Um, we've always got the NBA playoffs um, yeah. to talk about. So plenty. I'm not very happy that... My Miami Heat dropped one last night. They did drop one. I don't know how significant that is. It's still a drop. They shouldn't have lost that game. It was, uh, yeah, that's frustrating. Um, so there's plenty to talk about as far as the NBA playoffs go. The weekend sports buzz every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, a personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville, we're joined on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line now by our man Brian the Insider. Brian, what do you think of this NBA playoffs right now? Um, our Pacers won. They're looking good, now leading 2-1. to one. Miami Heat dropped a game last night. What is, let's talk, for starters, let's talk a little bit about the, the Eastern Conference. Good morning, everybody. Ashley, good morning. Kelly, how Missed you last week, Ashley. I Glad to hear you you're too. back. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to thank, uh, wish all the mothers a happy Mother's Day. It's a beautiful Mother's Day morning. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into the NBA. Um, you know, I think the big story this week with the NBA was uh, the reemergence and the, the unbelievable story around Rory Hebart. Uh, uh, the Pacer Center, who uh, a lot of people said was absolutely gone. I'd read a story where a guy said they were looking for him to be put on a milk carton, uh, you know, missing missing persons report. But he came back, and, and so have the Pacers. The Pacers looked dead in the water with the Wizards, and uh, uh, they lost bad at home to Washington, and everybody has pretty much written them off. And then, bam, they've come back, and they've won two in a row. They they. Won one at home, and then very impressively the other night uh, held the Wizards to an all-time low 63 points, uh, playoff low in the NBA. So uh, 
you know, that's a big story. And, you know, obviously, being a Pacers fan, uh, I've, I've got to go against Ashley's Heat. Oh, and I no, think, Brian. <laughs> I don't want to see them again in the Eastern Conference Finals. But i got to tell you, I think uh, I think that was a significant loss last night. And, and late in the game, uh, that veteran Brooklyn team really, really showed up and, and handled the Heat there at the end. And I think even if they push the Heat, I don't know that they're going to be able to beat the Heat they can but with the age of the heat and Dwayne Wade as if they can push that series to six or seven games that could definitely play a role on those weary legs uh as the heat go further in the playoffs and I think that's going to be a significant story but I expect I expect them to lose to Brooklyn again at home I don't know that Brooklyn can beat them in Miami but uh uh, very, uh, very fired up Brooklyn crowd. Very good game to watch last night, but, uh, LeBron couldn't do it all. And, uh, boy, they, the Brooklyn Nets really, really looked impressive. Uh, question for you, Brian. Um, I noticed as I was watching, especially towards the beginning of the game that they were, um, Brooklyn was fouling LeBron James significantly harder, you know, than we've seen in the past. It almost had some, um, touches of the Jordan role that mm-hmm. the bad boys had uh, back in back in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think there's something like that going on? Yeah, well, they better foul LeBron hard because he he's so big and strong that uh, when you don't foul him hard, he just brushes you off and goes ahead and finishes the play and gets a three-point play. Um, yeah, I definitely think they've picked up the intensity on LeBron. LeBron is, is, is you know, I know – uh, Kevin Durant got the MVP award, but in my mind, LeBron is still the the premier player in the league and is the dominant player on that Heat team. So yes, Ashley, very good observation. They've picked up the pressure on and the and the and the physicality on LeBron. I did see some plays though where LeBron, I mean, where he just came right through the middle and and he 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 initiates contact and he has that left elbow out on a lot of his drives and uh, but he's just so big and strong that uh, they better find a way to control him or he will single-handedly dominate him once again we are the weekend sports buzz we're on the air every saturday from 9 to 11 and on sundays from 10 until noon it's myself kelly patrick alongside ashley miller on the line with us with the, the brian the insider now plenty to talk about today the oxmoor ford lincoln buzz line is already very active 502-384-1450. Ashley, yes. I have one more question for you, Brian. Please, please uh, go. Sure. I read, I was reading the paper yesterday, I think about, there was a comment, since we were talking about Kevin Durant, that Greg Oden made about how he called himself the biggest bust in NBA history. And he wow. said, the more Kevin Durant gets praise and accolades so I guess Kevin Durant went second in that NBA draft the more like a bust he feels um what do you think about that (laughs) well I think he's being a little tough on himself I I gotta tell you uh I I I think the biggest bust of all time is still developing and and it's the Bennett guy that Cleveland picked last year number one overall (laughs) I mean that guy spent most of the year in the MBDL uh you know Odin's problems are very similar to a, a Kentucky graduate Sam Bowie who famously was drafted not just ahead of Michael Jordan, uh, who went third in that draft, but also went ahead of Akeem Olajuwon. And then it went 
on, went on to have serious foot problems and really never really got to develop at all. And that's really what's happened with Odom. I, I think Odom's being a little tough on himself because it's all been physical. But this Bennett guy in Cleveland, my goodness, he hasn't had any uh, physical problems. He's just – he was a shock to everybody when he was drafted number one last year. And he, I mean, came out of nowhere – and everybody thought, you know, I think he was a one and done out of UNLV. And everyone thought, well, wow, we just missed it. You know, we, we just, you know, they knew something we didn't. Well, sure enough, we didn't. The guy was absolutely horrible. And, uh, I mean, just you really got to uh, scratch your head as to that. So in my mind, until somebody comes out of nowhere uh, and, and gets picked number one and then proves that he, he really was maybe not even draftable. But, I mean, I, I think history is going to show that the Bennett selection out of Cleveland was just uh, just unbelievable. G- the GM and the head c- and the, all the top brass in Cleveland should have been fired after that decision, in my opinion. The whole topic of uh, bust in the NBA is always very interesting to me. Sure. And there's a lot of different ways to evaluate that because it's hard for me to really give someone like, let's say, Brian, you're very familiar with, say, Joe Smith taking number one overall out of Maryland. He ended up playing 17 years in the league, probably made countless millions. Um, he walks in, in the studio today. Am I going to suggest he's a bust? No, that guy's loaded. He's doing great for himself. Kwame Brown even. I mean, he, he's got some very career sub-average numbers, but he's now played in the league for you know many 12 years. Yeah, is he a bust? He's a millionaire. Who, yeah, who deserves to call that guy a bust? You're right, and I think this whole like phenomena of being a bust or not or whatever, I think a lot of that kind of goes back to the issue that we've talked about countless times of drafting these guys on potential because maybe they have a huge upside, but who's to say that they're ever going to reach that? And so you draft these kids, number one, when you're out of college, and then or out of high school, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. They never reach that potential. Now we pay them these millions of dollars, and they're just there. Or like Brian said, they're in the MBDL. Um, Hashim Thabit. I mean, there's a yeah, lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of those guys. Yeah, no question about it. Hashim Thabit's actually on the the Thunder roster, and you see him through the timeouts and everything, really being a, a big time cheerleader. Um, so he's very supposedly very involved in the actual team. We're going to leave Brian on the line with us, but we're going to head to the Oxmore Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. Real quick here, and we're going to bring in our man, Carolina Steve. How you doing this morning, Carolina? Just fine. Calling you from down here in North Carolina this morning. Wow. What's what's going on in North Carolina? Is there a, a NASCAR race that brought you there? Well, I'm on the way to see my mother. Oh, okay. Mother's Day. Good, so, uh, good for you. Yeah, I'm uh, really, I want to talk about two things. Number one, the draft, and I'm real proud in the third round, a kid from Carolina got drafted. He's also from my high school. His name is Kareem Martin. He's six foot six, 273 pounds. Defensive end. Well, defensive end is, uh, you know, the pass rushing niche has pretty much been carved out for the North Carolina Tar Heels pretty clearly with guys – like, and correct me, Carolina, if I'm leaving ever, anyone off, but Lawrence Taylor, Julius Peppers, and now this guy who, did you say that he went to the same high school as you, Carolina? Yeah, he was uh, went to the same high school I did. I know his father. Uh, this kid 
in high school averaged a triple-double in basketball, but it wasn't for assists. It was for block shots. Wow. In there. Wow. And he was a six-foot, eight-inch high jumper. Wow. So he's a hell of an athlete, huh? So he's kind of like Julius Peppers played basketball for North Carolina. What is it with the North Carolina Tar Heels, and I'm being serious, just attracting all these amazing athletes? Yeah, this kid just happened to be the high school athlete of the year his senior year in high school, and he's from a 2A high school, not a big 4A or 6A. He's from a 2A high school. Okay. And he's pretty good now. This weekend, the best all-star event of any sport comes out. And that just happens to be the Sprint All-Star Race from Charlotte. Now, you name me another all-star game where somebody would spend their brother to win the race, and that has happened. Kurt Busch uh, spun Kyle to bring out a caution play. So that was uh, pretty much the way that they did the things. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And also, Kelly? Yeah, yes, sir. Kelly? Yep. Carolina, can you hear me? This is Brian the Insider. I think maybe he hung up. Looks like we lost we lost Carolina. Um, I wanted to ask him about uh, the the race Jeff Gordon won uh, yesterday in Kansas, and also about uh, a North Carolina product that the Bengals drafted that they think is going to put uh, right from the Tar Heels that they're going to put right in. He's going to be the starting center, perhaps, for the Bengals. A guy named Russell Bodine went in the draft of the Bengals. I was going to ask Carolina about that, but. Uh, it's too bad we lost him. We'll have to get him, get Carolina back on, on with us maybe later in the show, maybe next week. Looking at the NFL draft, Brian and Ashley, there's a lot of storylines. You know, Brian, I know you're also a Bengals fan alongside myself, but before we get to the specifics of the Bengals draft, which... Which you're very happy which about. Which I'm very happy about that Bengals draft. No complaints at all here. Let's talk One's about... One from it. me. One from me. I would have liked to see him pull Teddy when they they passed yeah, on Teddy. Yeah, they did. I was disappointed in that. I really, oh, I, was. I was really hoping and I was thinking, of course, thinking about Kelly and his uh, love-hate <laughs> relationship with Andy Dalton. <laughs> and I thought for a second, I said, you know what? That would be a fantastic decision because not only is he a, a, a great quarterback, but he's going to pull the hometown crowd from Louisville up to Cincinnati to support him and they'd make a crap ton of money off that. No, I, Actually, I, I agree. I agree. That's that. That would have been a huge pick. Question is, would they have taken? They were just two picks from Johnny Manziel, uh, who went twenty second. If he would have been available, would they have picked him? I would have rather they took Teddy. Yeah, uh, just me. I don't have a problem. I'm not complaining with the defensive back pick. Uh, the defensive secondary is an area that they they needed to address, and I'm very impressed in the way that they were able to do it, and then even get AJ McCarron in the fifth round. But I'm right there with both of you. I wouldn't have complained at all had Teddy went to. Uh, my Cincinnati Bengals. The other storylines in this draft are obviously Johnny Manziel. But, I mean, there's no denying the one that is also getting a lot of publicity, guys, is the the pick of Michael Sam in the seventh round of the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a Missouri guy, SEC Player of the Year. What do you guys think of the selection? Do you think that it was a, a pick that they did and Jeff Fisher and the, the Rams did just for good publicity, or do they actually plan on using this guy? 
You know, I I find it interesting that he fell so far because at the beginning um, of all of this whole him coming out and all this and the other, he was being projected no later than the third round, and he ends up in round seven. And I I have to wonder, did that happen because he came out and said that he was gay, or like, or what? I feel like that had to have some bearing for him to drop down so low, um, but. From my understanding, he's a good player and definitely deserving to play an opportunity or have an opportunity in the NFL. But um, I wonder how much of his draft stock changed after he came out. It wasn't a quiet coming out party either. I mean, they showed it immediately after, Brian. I don't know if you saw that, but all over ESPN, not just when it happened, but now on SportsCenter today and everything. You see the clip of him embracing with his his boyfriend and, and kissing and Very interesting. A lot of celebrities have weighed in on the topic via Twitter. You know, guys like Eric Dickerson, Magic Johnson, RG3, and they're pretty much, for the most part, they're all very positive endorsements, you know, given um, Michael Sam credit for for being strong and the Rams credit for for drafting him. Marshall Falk, arguably the greatest Ram ever, came out and was very supportive of the decision. But there there was one. There was one, which always makes for good storylines, and leave it to no team other than the controversial-laden Miami Dolphins to have their safety, Don Jones, tweet out OMG, like, oh my God, and then also horrible, immediately following the kissing on ESPN. Do you think that's that big of a deal, or is it just the media's job to blow stuff like this out of proportion? I, I think uh, I think it's it's he was a very risky pick for the locker room. Obviously, his talent, uh, he didn't do that well in the combine, uh, but, you know, you've got to be very careful about uh, the chemistry in the locker room. And you're right. That was a little bit over the top, in my opinion, uh, his reaction as he came out of the closet. Uh, and I think it was a very unless he was a dominant player. And from from all reports I read about his combine time and he, he was not, even though he was the SEC co-defensive player of the year, he uh, he wasn't that you know, off the charts. And he was just a liability. I think unless he's a dominant player, you're bringing in a very controversial factor into your locker room. And, uh, I, I, I wouldn't have, I, unless I had a specific need for him. And, I, and according to what I read, the Rams did as a blitzer, he could fill a role as a linebacker spot, but very, very tough decision. I tell you, Ashley, I want to get, take your, get your take on this. I read a report this morning from ESPN that the Texas Longhorns didn't have a player drafted in the NFL draft the first time since 1937, and they immediately went to their new coach and the success the Louisville Cardinal had. Uh, they, they had three drafted in the first round, which was uh, tops for uh, any team tied with Texas A&M. And, uh, boy, I mean, Mac Brown, when you look at over the years, he's brought in four- and five-star recruits. They've had the top five recruiting class every year. I think he was there. And to not have anybody drafted uh, looks good for Charlie Strong. It does. It it really does. Um, It definitely gives him an opportunity to go up um, because now there's not a – a precedent basically it would be different you know if that guy came in and had had two first rounders and had a couple other guys drafted for Charlie to come in it would be a little bit more difficult I think but I'm sure they the Texas Longhorns are very happy um 
about the possibility that Charlie Strong is the guy helping get these guys in the league. However, on the flip side, with Louisville, the last first-round draft picks we had was in the Bobby Petrino era. So that's good for us, too. Yeah, that's a yeah. great a great uh, c- contrast or, or comparison there is we're in, in a little bit different shoes. We're coming off a coach that put – Three first round picks in the yeah, in the draft. Eric Wood, um, and then and then we're bringing right back in Bobby Petrino, who you're right. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric Shelton, Eric Wood, Brian. You, I mean, how many other got Michael Bush, Michael Bush, uh, um, Lionel yeah. Gates, even Brom, Amobi Okoye, Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was a top draft and and uh, did very very well. I think he went to the uh, Houston Texans. Yep. Yeah, I think it was tenth overall, something to something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a. Um, Bobby, the, the Louisville football program appears to be in very good hands going forward. There's been some criticism as of late that Bobby is relying possibly a little too heavily on junior college transfers, guys who have checkered pasts, maybe academic or grade issues, and that's really similar to what to what happened last time. And, well, and some people have criticized the, the the system, but my my response is. It works. <laughs> if that's what happened last time, then bring it the hell on. I'm ready. It yeah. works. Um, and, and you also think of a new, well, I guess seemingly we're going to say new coach because he's basically coming into a team that he had no hand in the roster. He had no hand in recruiting most of the guys that are going to be playing for him next year. And when you come in and evaluate what you have, you're like, how are we entering the ACC, which is a much more difficult football conference facing Miami right out right out of the gate facing Florida State like we've got to bring in guys that have some type of college level experience and it makes sense that they go for a junior college I'm sure that may may not be the uh, formula for the long run but especially for the first couple years you got to get guys in there that have some playing experience and can actually get out there and compete what about what's going on at uh, Kentucky? Uh, I tell you, not, not going, only, is there they, anything going on in Kentucky? I'm well, they, 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 <laughs> they, you know, they the recruiting has been very good. They signed two or three four stars this week, which, of course, you know, football is, is tough. You know, when when Petrino had his best teams, Louisville was never ranked in the top thirty-five or forty in this in the country in recruiting. But it does help to get very good and they've went back into the state of Ohio Kentucky this week and signed some more four stars which is great for Stoops but the the thing that I really got a question is Stoops got a two-year contract extension this week uh after a two and 12 team I think it's pretty clear he's doing an excellent job of recruiting and he's getting the best four-star talent the on paper Kentucky's getting the best talent that they've gotten in my memory, but that still doesn't equate to the fact that Stoops can coach or not. And so far, I don't know that he can. I mean, two and 12, you lose to Western at home, uh, to Bobby Petrino's Western team at home, a very disappointing team uh, record last year. And he does look like he can recruit, but I, I'm, I'm a little suspect of giving somebody a two-year extension until they've had at least something close to a 500 season. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. To We try to represent fairness and equality. We're represented by Brandon J. Lawrence here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Brandon will call in with his factual corrections uh, at about, about 11.45, 11.50 as he does each week. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't at least point out that despite the fact that, yes, Stoops did get a contract extension, it is a extension that still leaves him toward the bottom of the SEC as far as how much a coach is being paid. So it's a nice gesture. I don't think it. I think it could be blown out of proportion 
by some Louisville fans to say, why is he getting this extension? Um, he hasn't won. He has, I mean, they still haven't won a damn SEC conference game in over two years. But you do have to give him credit for the recruiting that he's done, and it's been very impressive. And, and as I said, he has he has brought in more four stars recruits on pay, which is really all you can do. You don't know when a, a guy gets to campus how good they are, but it, it is impressive what he's doing. And on the flip side, Bobby Petrino's class for next year has one person in it, one person signed. So I know he came in late. I know that uh, he's had to concentrate on junior college recruits to fill this class, which has given them a late start. But 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 I got to tell you, they've got to start going, and you can't continually build uh, a, a football program around junior college recruits. So I'd like to see Bobby get some more high school seniors recruited on board quickly. Ashley, you like that song? I love song. the song. Can you see me dancing? <laughs> This is my favorite song ever. (laughs) We are the Weekend Sports Buzz coming at you every Sunday from 10 till noon. Ashley, myself, Kelly, and Brian are going to head to a break here, and we'll be back with more of your Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to your weekend sports buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside Ashley Miller. We got also Brian, the insider, on the line with us. We're going to wrap things up with Brian. A little bit of horse racing, maybe a little bit of NFL talk before we let Brian go for the day. We were talking in the last segment, and we we do keep we take pride on the weekend sports buzz in being fair, and we try to ride the 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 middle ground for the most part between Kentucky and Louisville. And I'll continue to try to do that regardless of um, really what goes on in the, in the show. That's my, that's my goal. At least we were talking about (laughs) good luck with that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, We're talking about how Mark Stoops got a a contract extension. And although there has not been wins, no quantifiable way to say that the, the success of the program is actually occurring. The sentiment of the fan base is very strong. Kentucky football fans are taking pride in following their their program and being supportive. I'll draw a parallel, and I'll say the Cleveland Browns have not had success since Jim Brown, or I don't even say, or ever. I don't know if they've ever really had success. But no, they, they did. Yeah, they won some of the, the original. You know, be going way, way back. They so did. way, way back, way before my lifetime started. So, <laughs> so not not so much relevant to me. But if it occurred, that's great. I'm sure there's some people out there who enjoyed it who are still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, not me, but I'll, I'll say the the Cleveland Browns wheeled and dealed, got back into the first round, and took with their 22nd overall selection of the NFL draft on Thursday. They took Johnny Football, the biggest story in the draft, former Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, and they immediately that night, they immediately sold 2,000 additional season tickets to their, I said, their, their, that their was fan my base. First they, they, comment is that they're about to sell out their season are they Are they going to win? Who the hell knows? Maybe Who not. Knows? Is he cut out for the NFL? I have no idea. Who knows? But I'll draw the parallel between Kentucky Football and the Cleveland Browns. 
The fans are excited. What do you guys think? Kelly, I I think that's a great comparison. I mean, if you look at the spring game for Kentucky, the last two years have, I mean, they're, I think they're in the top 10 in the country, top 15 uh, in spring game attendance. Their season ticket sales have went up. There is a lot of excitement. Very similar to the Cleveland Browns, that where you can get that kind of excitement before the wins start. You know, when you when you look at the Bengals or a lot of programs, the wins have to come first before the excitement and the season ticket sales go up. But Kentucky does have a very unique fan base in on the football side that has that has stuck with them for a long period of time, even though they've had not just very little success, but have really been. Uh, the bottom dwellers of a very tough SEC conference. They, it, it's been impressive, the fan base that they have. And if they could get some wins with these recruits that they're going to come up, you're going to see the place pack up and a lot of excitement around it, just as Cleveland would if Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, can get that going. What do you guys think of Johnny Manziel? He's famous for making the money symbol, whatever they call it, the million-dollar handshake, I think is what it is. As he did it when he walked on stage after he, he was did drafted. it, and then he, he was seen afterwards at a party. He's legal. He's of age. He's allowed this to drink. I, Good for I, him. I, Ashley, I'm interested to hear what your take on, on the flashy and flamboyant Johnny football is. I think he's a little – I can't say the word on air. Go ahead. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little S. Okay. Um, I think – <laughs> He's funny. I mean, at the end of the day, I think sports are so great because they're entertaining. And I think um, he almost... He brings that. He he definitely brings entertainment value almost back into the days when guys could dance and celebrate in the end zone. Like, he's that kind of guy. Um, and I think for that reason, um, he'll be great to watch in the NFL because people are always... He's the guy that nobody knows what he's going to do next. And they're like, you know, they don't know what to expect from him. So he's kind of a wild card. Is he a good football player? I think so, too. But um, he seems fun to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, no, no question about it. I wouldn't mind going out and, and having a, uh, uh, a drink or two. It we dropped two thousand bucks the night before the at his favorite watering hole in College Station. He bought, uh, I think it was a uh, two hundred thirty-five people uh, shots and a chaser. And left his credit card for two thousand bucks, so he's okay in my book there. <laughs> wow, he's he's really not. I'll give him this. Some people get in trouble, and they get kind of caught with their hand in the cookie jar. And then going forward, you can tell that kind of cramped their style. You know, mm-hmm. they they try to clean their act up. Maybe they renew their faith in Jesus. Um, they get real involved in doing the right thing. Maybe do some charity work. If nothing else, Johnny Football is at least consistent. We got to at least give him that, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he's consistently him. And I, it's funny, I think, too, like after he was kind of getting some flack about going to Miami and partying with Drake. Remember, I think we talked yeah. about that after the uh, his bowl game. But And his comment was, this is why I've got to get out of college, because he's ready to party. <laughs> <laughs> I love I actually love it. I was never a huge Johnny Football fan. But I like the consistency and the enthusiasm. If he's not drinking and driving, he's not at, not actually out there hurting anyone. I don't have a problem with him being responsible and being of age and drinking and 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 bragging about the fact that he's making money. And I mean, it's it's not going to win over a bunch of friends, 
But it's, it's, it's old school. I tell you what, when you go back and you read the stories about the old baseball players and, uh, you know, the old football players that played for Lombardi and all that, I mean, those guys went out and partied after the game and they, sometimes they partied in the dugout. Johnny Manziel's a throwback, but I'll tell you this, if Russell Wilson can come in from Wisconsin, I think he was, uh, I don't, I don't know what round he, they got him in, Second. but he, he Second round, he came in. I think I think there's a good shot. I would not count Johnny Manziel out. The, the NFL quarterback situation has changed in the last few years where you can get these kind of guys that are not the traditional drop-back quarterbacks. And I, I would not root against Johnny Manziel. He's got a lot of skill, a lot of heart. Now, can he do it uh, for the full year without getting hurt? against much bigger, stronger, faster players, that's yet to be seen, but I would not bet against him. I, I was wrong. He was actually taken in the third round. So no question about it from a marketing and, and excitement perspective. Johnny Football being in the NFL is a, a marriage made in heaven. So we got that. We got the Michael Sam, Teddy Bridgewater to the Vikings, Marcus Smith to the Eagles, all Speaking sorts of, of, of talk. Smith, okay. Um, I re- also read in the paper yesterday a really cool article about um, him. He actually did not go to the draft because – um, he was not projected in the first round. He was projected second, late second, sometime in the third round. But he said that he had a feeling that he um, may still be drafted in the first round. So he was uh, local with his with some friends and family and said his phone rang around 11 p.m. He talked to the Eagles, and they told him they were drafting with the 26th pick. And he handled it just like it was one of his friends calling and never told his family because he wanted to see the surprise on their faces when it actually wow. when they announced his yeah. name. So I thought that was really nice. That was an awesome surprise. Um, I'm not sure I could have held that in, even if it was just for a couple of minutes. That I couldn't have. I don't think <laughs> I, I could hold screaming. that in. <laughs> they say he really did good in the combine and impressed a lot of people, and the Eagles are saying that they think they got a steal uh, and you know he you know came to Louisville as a quarterback, so he's got a lot of skill. He he's a good size six five. I mean he did, but in the combine they say he really crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's and was very impressive. That's great. No question about it. Mm-hmm. I want to encourage our listeners give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty here on the weekend sports buzz. We're on the air from ten until noon today, so plenty of time to get your calls in here. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you, as always, by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Got a couple great segments left in the show at the 11 o'clock hour. We have Ashley's Loco Cinco, or Ashley's Crazy, whatever you like to call it, but the Mother's (laughs) Day version of that today at 11 o'clock. So we'll get to hear five of the craziest stories in the world of sports Brian, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Before we let you go, oh yeah, the favorite won the Derby. Is he wow. going? Is he going to make a run at this Triple Crown? Well, I think he really is. Very impressive win in the Derby. You know, a lot of people got on him because the time was slow. I was out there that day. There was a strong headwind that they had to run into twice. But he, if you looked at, you go back and watch the replay. He was dominant. He pulled away. He opened up by five in a blink of an eye and then was wired down and, and, and toned down because he's got some other races to go. But let's talk to Preakness, which is Saturday, which is the second leg of the Triple Crown in, at Baltimore, at Pimlico. And I'm finally going to be able to report to Ashley. Ashley, you've got a filly in a, in a Triple Crown race. Woo-hoo! Rio 
Ian Tone, who and now the, a lot of horse racing enthusiasts wonder maybe why she's going in it. She's been transferred. She ran in the Oaks, did not do very well in the Oaks. She's been moved to Tom Amos's barn. The uh, the owners really want to get her into a Triple Crown race, and they're going to start her in the Preakness. She worked this morning at Churchill. Amos, they're going to let us know officially by Monday, but I think she's in. That's going to bring about ten. Which uh, ten starters into the Preakness, which is a pretty good number considering how dominant California Chrome was. So, uh, but I don't expect any real problems. The, the, it'll be like, in my opinion, it's going to be like a lot of the Triple Crown races where uh, the big test comes in the mile and a half Belmont, Belmont on uh, what they call Big Sandy, which is a deep track at Belmont, and you're going a mile and a half because some of the best horses from the Derby, as usual, are going to skip the Preakness, rest up, and come flying at California Chrome when he's got to run. The Preakness is a little shorter. It's a mile and three-sixteenths as opposed to a mile and a quarter, so just a little shorter, but still a real test. But I expect California Chrome to be dominant, but it is great to have a filly in the race, and maybe she could pull a rags-to-riches story who uh, won the Belmont uh, back in 07, and uh, it'd be great to see a filly. I'm glad to see a filly finally getting into a Triple Crown race, and I, I miss fillies being in the Derby. Me too. I um, have to say that my favorite horse of all times is Secretariat. <laughs> Oh, well, um, you and a lot of other people. Right, right. I um, I also adore the movie. Have you guys seen it? No, I have not. You should watch it. Have you seen it, Kelly? You know what? No, I haven't. It is. What a- the hell? We, no. <laughs> What's Ryan. wrong with you guys? You I don't guys know. Are, you all are frauds. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, fair. Yeah. Um, it. It's probably it was really well done in terms of showing the backstory of the horse and uh, the owner and um, how all the things she went through. I'm not going to talk about it because it'll give it away, but I want you guys to watch it and then we'll talk about it next week. Okay, <laughs> Get an assignment. Yes, that's your homework for this week. <laughs> um, but fantastic movie. And I think because of the story, I fell in love with that horse. But. I would have to say towards the end of the derby when California Chrome really started pulling away, that that was what I thought of um, the way Secretariat started to pull away in the Belmont at the very end where it was really unprecedented and I don't think it's been done since. But I started, I was like, man, this horse is fast and strong. And I wondered if if um, if he has that a good mix of speed and stamina that will help over the course of the Triple Crown. So although there's a filly... I'm still rooting for California Chrome. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be tough to beat. I, now, if he's Secretariat, probably not. I mean, he's Secretariat was a once-in-a-lifetime, still owns oh, the sure. Derby record, still owns the Belmont record, and, and I think owns the Preakness record. I think so. For time. So, I mean, you know, that's going to be tough to do. California uh, in this class, which is really all you need to do. But I expected him to go off at a very short price in the Preakness. I expect him not to disappoint in the Preakness, but it, it will just as every year, every time it happened, and it's happened a lot in the last 10 or 15 years, where we have someone that's won the first two legs of the Triple Crown go into the Belmont, and the Belmont packs the, the building up, and it's a record day in New York, and uh, and, then, and then it disappoints and because we have not had one since night. 1978, I think, affirmed. Uh, so uh, uh, it's it's been a long time. 
But boy, the, the what a great story with California Chrome, and a lot of people, Ashley, are pulling for him just mm-hmm. like you. Yeah. So there you you heard it first. Brian says it will be a fairly easy victory for California Chrome in the in the Preakness. The Belmont he may slip up, but Brian, you are predicting a, a California Chrome victory in the second leg of this Triple Crown. Brian, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. Oh, thank you, guys. Love being on the show and love listening to you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Good, st- good stuff there from our man Brian the Insider talking to us about the, the NFL draft, the, the Triple Crown, all sorts of stories. You know, Ashley, this is considered to be the off-season for the local sports scene. And I'll say the, the reason that I love our shows, the Weekend Sports Buzz, Saturday 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon, is because we talk about everything. We do. There's no shortage of topics today, Ashley. I mean, there's Teddy Bridgewater to the Vikings. Are we all now Vikings fans? No. No? <laughs> I'm a Teddy Bridgewater fan. Okay. I, I still, you know what? I'm going to say that it is a potential possibility. Because you guys know I don't have an official NFL team. So um, I'm looking to be pulled in a direction. And I think Teddy can do it for me. You know who who may be another good team that I'm going to be cheering for? I mean, the Bengals will always be my team. Mm -hmm. But would be the the New York Jets. They've got Breno Giacomini now as their starting offensive tackle. They've got the running back who, for whatever reason, his name is Blau Powell, mm-hmm. is the, the running back. I remember that guy. And then we've got Calvin Pryor, who I love. I absolutely love the fact that Calvin Pryor was drafted early in the first round to a Rex Ryan defense. Hmm. That is perfect. Sounds familiar, actually, yeah, to have does. a safety go late in the later, the middle of the first round, a first round draft pick to Rex Ryan. Ed Reed, look no further than the. Probably the greatest safety ever, or at least of our era. Mm-hmm. Ed Reed is, or was, brought up in the, the defense through Rex Ryan. So I, I think Calvin Pryor met a great match there with the New York Jets. So the Louisville fans now have a, almost the way that Kentucky fans in basketball are now New Orleans Pelicans fans, wherever DeMarcus Cousin is, Sacramento Um they have a vested interest in pulling for those teams. Louisville Cardinals football fans have, I won't say it's the exact same because we know Kentucky puts three first-round picks in the draft for basketball every single year. But right. there's a lot of teams out there for us to root for now. There there are, and um, I, that's really exciting. You know, and that, I think that's something that uh, Petrino and staff can use in terms of recruiting, is that, hey, we're, we are you know now putting guys in the NFL. We're doing that. So, And I think that helps. And, you know, of course, that was always Kentucky's. That's their claim to fame in basketball. So I think, you know, us being able to tout that to our future recruits, I think that's going to help us in the long run. I think I really anticipate in the next two years for our um, recruiting rankings to increase significantly. And I think the more guys, because, I mean, next year we'll have a good crop of guys going into the NFL as well. So um, hopefully. Right? Yeah. So um, I think that's that's great, great for Cardinal football. And I'll say, Teddy, I couldn't pick a better guy to represent or be the poster child for 
for Louisville football players in the NFL. I truly think Teddy Bridgewater has the the game that is perfect for the NFL, and I think he's going to end up having a lot of success. I think the underrated factor in this NFL draft and Teddy slipping to the very end of the first round is the fact that he had the heart defect, mm-hmm. which did impact his, his draft status. And the Vikings took him still, despite the fact that he had, through his physical, he had a heart problem. The Minnesota Vikings thought he was worthy of a late, very end of the first round selection. So, and you know, I think my perspective on that, because you know, before the draft, people were saying, oh, he may not even make first round, he might be second or whatever. My thought with Teddy is that I said he just needs someone to give him opportunity. If he's drafted first round, second round, or what have you, as long as he's able to put pads on, he's going to earn playing time because that's just the type of kid he is. So I, um, I'm so happy that he he did get drafted in the first round, and I really look forward to seeing him play. Um, I really think that he'll be able to earn some minutes and be able to evolve into that franchise quarterback. At the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to have Ashley's Loco Cinco with the five craziest stories in the world of sports. There's some weeks, Ashley, where I put some thought into this beforehand. Mm-hmm. I know you make the list. It's Hell, it's your segment. <laughs> um, but I, I, this week, I truly don't know what stories are going to be on here, so I'm really looking forward to the Ashley's Loco Cinco about six, seven minutes away now. Oh, yeah. Um, we've got plenty to talk about. We, we, we touched a little bit on the Michael Sam story, Johnny Manziel to the Browns, Teddy Bridgewater to the Vikings. Marcus Smith to Chip Kelly and the fast-paced Philadelphia Eagles. Our man Trevor Kelsey, Bacon, his favorite team. Um, so very interesting to see how Marcus Smith does as a pass rusher in that offensive scheme there. Got the NBA playoffs that we're going to talk about. We'll certainly talk to our man Brandon J. Lawrence toward the end of the show um, about his take on his Wizards versus my Pacers. We've got a couple of those NBA playoff games that are, are going off today. We got the um, Pacers versus Wizards at four. Uh, I'm sorry, at eight o'clock p.m. in Washington tonight. Game four. I assume Brandon J. Lawrence is going to fly to Washington to see that. Oh, of course he is, because that's just how he rolls. Brandon's always all across the country um, with with uh, the sporting events, seeing everything and anything he wants to, because he's that's who he is. That's Brandon J. Lawrence. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We're going to head to a break, and on the other side, we'll be back with Ashley's Loco Cinco. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Miller, brought in by CeeLo. And the, the crazy song, that means that means one thing and one thing only. We've got Ashley's Crazy Mother's Day Edition. Five craziest stories in the world of sports. We get to hear what, what those are, courtesy of Ashley Miller. Well... On this fantastic Mother's Day morning, we still have five crazy stories. 
of some uh, five crazy guys or five crazy situations, I guess. Here's the top five. Story number one. While the nation was fantasized and, you know, intrigued and golfed in the Johnny Manziel draft day saga, um, ratings for ESPN were through the roof, as you can imagine, right? Uh, With a reported 50% jump in ratings from this time last year. But it seems to have hit the porn business right in the trousers. Did you say the porn business? Yes. And then in the trousers. Right. Wow. (laughs) All right. Sources at uh, Pornhub, which is one of the nation's top, well, I guess internationally, top naughty sites on the the internet, um, they posted that traffic was down on their site nearly 15% on Thursday night. Oh, my God. During I know, during the first round of the NFL draft. <laughs> um, with people in America apparently choosing to watch Johnny sweat it out in New York rather than watch people on the Internet. So, <laughs> so th- that, what that tells me is there is a direct relation between the type of people who are interested in the NFL draft and, and no, those who partake in internet pornography. Yes, you are probably correct. Wow, interesting. But apparently, not shocking, not shocking, but interesting. <laughs> right, but apparently uh, they were not discouraged because Pornhub noted that the fans were back in action on Friday. Thank God, with traffic through the roof, topping forty million viewers. Was that an all-time high? Tell me it was an all-time they high. They didn't say. Oh, okay. But so that, they, they really, they, they had a, a lull. They had a lull. Everybody laid off the internet porn for the night. <laughs> but sure enough, like the sun comes up every morning, they are back at it the next day. They were ready. Thank God. <laughs> I know All that's right. your favorite website. It's, it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to be tough to top that. All right. So let's. Story two. Story number two. <clears throat> Former NFL wide receiver James Hardy III has been charged with resisting arrest in a violent incident last week where he allegedly injured several LAPD officers. Um, so the story broke. Um, Hardy, is he was a second-round draft pick back in 2008. He was arrested on Sunday night last week um, after allegedly going berserk at this L.A. apartment complex. Uh, the cops tased the six seven former athlete multiple times, but were told the taser was ineffective. Wow! And at least two officers were hospitalized with minor injuries when they tried to take him into custody. Um, so now we've learned Hardy has been charged with um, a felony, a resisting arrest, and a bench warrant has been issued for him. If he doesn't turn himself in, he can be hit with a hundred thousand dollar fine. Wow, that's you know that, that's a that's sad because. <laughs> Someone like James Hardy, a big, strong guy. It said former NFL football player. Uh, yeah, which you read. So that means he he's, didn't make it. Yeah, that means he, he's not still in the league. Let's see. He most recently played for the Tampa Bay Storm in 2013. Tampa Air, Bay Air, Storm? Yeah, Tampa Bay Storm. Arizona Rattlers in 2012. So this guy may be going through some very serious issues. You know, the, the glamour, the glitz and glamour of Johnny Football and Peyton Manning and all these guys who make lots of money is one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're struggling to make a roster, especially especially in the NFL, that can be a very difficult lifestyle. So right. that, that he's got to be going through some, you know, some and bad a huge personal issues. Adjustment, a huge adjustment. The truth, if the truth is listening, James Hardy is an Indiana Hoosier. Mm. So truth, keep your guys in check.
Story number three. Story number three. Um, J. Devon Clowney. Yes. Apparently blinged himself out pretty well. Um, hold on. We just lost our little... Jadavian Clowney, the number... Is num- that his name? Jadavian? Jadavian Clowney, the number one overall selection by the by the Houston Texans. They got him to pair with J.J. Watt, the other defensive end, and to try to shore up the, the poor defense of the Texans. They've got the all- Arian Foster, Andre Johnson. They've got some skill position players on the offense, but they went with the defensive end, the pass rushing Pass rushing specialist out of South Carolina, and I guess he 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 bought some some jewelry. Serious jewelry. So apparently, a few hours before the NFL draft, he blinged himself out, dropping some NFL style cash on some incredible jewelry, including some gold necklaces, diamond pieces, and a Rolex watch. Uh, we know that he hit up Gabriel Jacobs from Raffaello and Company in New York on Thursday and treated himself to some top quality items, including. A uh, 24-karat gold necklace with a 10-ounce gold bar surrounding in a frame of peppered diamonds. Um, estimated value was $20,000. Um, a presidential Rolex with a black face. Um, estimated value is 45000 Jeez. A gold angel pendant with diamonds. Um, don't know the value, but obviously expensive. And sources say that he also bought gifts for family members and people in his camp. Um, apparently he didn't want anything flashy, but rather classy, which is funny. (laughs) Let me guess. Those are his words. Those are his words. Wow. Um, but apparently he wasn't the only baller who hit up this, uh, jewelry store in New York city. Uh, there were a bunch of other NFL prospects that went jewelry shopping and that included Greg Robinson, who was the number two pick, Mm -hmm. bought an all black diamond phantom Raffaello Turbellion watch that cost $123,000. Jeez. Uh, Khalil Mack, which was number five pick, bought a 18 karat gold Cartier watch. Um, that was $84,000. Mike Evans was number seven pick. Also bought a Rolex and some custom diamond bracelet with $43,000. Brandon Cooks, number 20 pick, bought a white gold and diamond presidential Rolex with $46,000. Haha Clinton Dix was the 21st pick. Also bought an all diamond presidential Rolex and a Cuban link diamond bracelet with diamond studs was $55,000. Johnny Menzel got a rose gold presidential Rolex, was only 30, you know, compared to what these other guys are spending. But this, well, first of all, what really strikes me is these guys aren't drafted yet because this happened on draft day that morning. Um, You don't have any money yet. (laughs) And number two, is this why guys end up broke in the NFL if they're, like, spending $123,000 on jewelry, like... Seriously? You know, it's an interesting topic um, when you, you have an immediate influx of cash into your personal finances. Of course, you're going to buy things you normally wouldn't buy. Teddy Bridgewater got a lot of flack from certain people, mostly Kentucky fans, but that's just me, for buying his mama a Cadillac before, Which, before he was even drafted. But that turns out Cadillac, Cadillac actually donated it, yeah, that. Did yeah, you read that story? I read that, yeah. Um, and I think it's a really awesome story, but of course people are always going to complain because they're probably asking the same question is like, if he's not been drafted yet, he has not yet signed a contract. Where's the money coming from? Exactly. And people love to hate. I mean, it's easy to hate. It's easy to say, look at that idiot 
as our man Derek Anderson when he was in studio with us. You know, uh, it's a it is it's a fine line where these athletes they have money they want you know everybody wants nice things a nice house nice car things like that but if you go overboard mm-hmm. there's fans all across the world who are going to call you an idiot it's almost like you if you don't spend any money they'll call you an idiot and if you do spend some. You're an idiot all of a sudden. Right. You got to, you know, they, they they don't need to go that excessive with the jewelry, I don't think. That's mm-hmm. my personal opinion. I don't want to be a complete hater, like I, I said I don't like from a lot of people, but why the 100,000 watch? Right. I mean, and I can understand that there's certain things that maybe when you were growing up you said that you wanted. Like, of course, Teddy Bridgewater and the pink Cadillac for his mom. Um, maybe it was when I make it, I want a Rolex and that's fine. But do you need to really spend $40,000 on a timepiece? Yeah. I mean, why, why not just, (laughs) sure. You're going to splurge a little bit, right? Right. I assume everybody is. Um, but I mean, just try to minimize how, you know, minimize the chances that you're going to be on a, a you know, one of those. Broke specials that ESPN did. I mean, right, especially knowing that the average career of an NFL player is only about three years. Yeah, so, even even if you are Jadavian Clowney, there's a chance, especially with his question questionable work ethic and and drive, there's a chance that he could be a big bust. Why not at least try to be fiscally taken care of for the rest of your life and make some good decisions? I don't mm-hmm. I don't see the appeal of all the jewelry and things like that. But at the same time, I wasn't. I wasn't given a, a multi-million dollar contract when I was 21 years old. So Very true. It's a fine line. Yeah, you're right. Story number four. Story number four. BYU running back Jamal Williams um, pled guilty to being a responsible college kid and admitted that he had been drinking when he got into a car with a 100% sober driver in Utah back in February. So the problem for Williams, um, the rising star, especially especially, expected to start next year for BYU is that he's 18 and uh, obviously it's illegal and against the law in Utah for people under the age of 21 to drink. Uh, So on the night of the arrest, the driver had been pulled over for speeding and the officer said he suspected that Williams, a passenger in the vehicle had been drinking, which he had been and arrested him. Um, Williams, uh, who cops say had a 0.12 blood alcohol level, was charged with a misdemeanor underage drinking charge. But just a few few days ago, Williams struck a plea deal with prosecutors in which he agreed to to enter the plea deal, basically saying he'll avoid jail but must stay out of trouble for six months and not drink. Wow. I mean, that's typical 18-year-old stuff in my book. It it is illegal. It's a technicality, but it certainly is illegal. <laughs> a technicality. Oh, maybe not a technicality. Okay, it's not a technicality. It's illegal to drink underage. But have you ever heard of someone being pulled over for being a drunk passenger? Yeah, well, uh, that, that's a good question. <laughs> or not pulled over, but arrested. Yeah, why, I want to know what the sober driver was doing to... He was speeding. Okay, he was simply speeding. He was speeding, and the cop pulled him over to give him a speeding ticket, but somehow, I guess, put it together that Williams had been drinking. So, I, I want to know how he put that yeah, together. Me was too. he screaming? You know, he, he had to be doing something screaming to call attention some, to himself. Uh, obscenities at the police officer, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Things like that. Well, there was one night when I was in college, um, this teammate will remain nameless, but I was the DD. And uh, we got pulled over because she, the girl whose car it was, actually, she was 21. 
um, was leaning out the window, like yelling at people. Jeez. And we got pulled over for that. But she didn't get arrested. Of course, she was 21 and um, was not driving. But you never know what that person on the passenger that, side is doing. That would be my question is what was the the drunk BYU running back? What was he doing that hinted to the police officer that he was drunk? That would be something. If they just smelled it on him. <clears throat> It's 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 interesting. He got a ticket for that, especially I guess since if you're in BYU and you're in the Mormon country in Utah, probably need to watch your p's and q's for the most part. Agreed. That's why I would never go to those schools. No, ever. <laughs> so story number five. Story number five. Um, boxing champ Deontay Wilder. Oh, I love this story. I love it. <laughs> uh, agreed to fight. This guy named Charlie Zilinoff, who apparently was trolling him on the internet. Um, I didn't realize that trolling was a real word, but it is apparently used often. Um, to teach him a lesson about bullying people and to potentially save his life. So Wilder, the reigning WBC Continental America's heavyweight, says that uh, Charlie Zil- Z- Zilinoff has been harassing him for about three years now, calling him the N-word in texts and in phone calls and even threatening his young daughter. He said that he was going to murder me, and this is a quote from Wilder. He He said he was going to murder me. He said he was going to take my daughter's mouth. When he's dealing with my kids, that's below the belt. That's what really got me. So Wilder said he finally got fed up with the constant harassment and told Zelenoff to meet him at the Hollywood Boxing Gym on May 7th to settle their beef once and for all. But before they squared off, Wilder says his manager drew up a waiver for Zelenoff to sign in which Charlie acknowledged that he would be fighting a trained boxer and agreed not to sue for any damage he incurred during the workout. Um, it was a great contract. He was willing to sign it. Wilder says uh, he agreed to all the terms and conditions, and he knew exactly what was going on. Uh, of course, Wilder proceeded to beat the crap out of Charlie. I saw the video, <laughs> and yeah, it's a very funny video. He said that he hopes that Zelenoff has learned his lesson. He genuinely cares for the guy. Wants him to stop harassing people before he messes with the wrong person because you never know what you're dealing with. On a side note. Uh, Wilder in the this boxing match was actually wearing two right gloves really? because he accidentally grabbed the wrong set when he was heading out to the gym. But Deontay says the mix-up was probably a blessing in disguise because if he had connected with the left hook while wearing the right gear, he probably would have caused some serious damage for this guy. Um, funny story. <laughs> what I mean, what the hell? What kind of guy, A... There's a, unfortunately, there's a lot of losers out there on Twitter and on the internet who, you know, make horrible comments to athletes mm-hmm. and even racial and, and th- comments about their families. And there's just a bunch of losers out there in the internet and Twitter and Facebook and every comment section of Yahoo articles and everything like that really exploits just the scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. But my question is, who the hell is this guy who... Not only is one of those, unfortunately, many, many, many losers out there, but he has the guts to get into a, I mean, get (laughs) out there and fight Deontay Wilder, the most prolific knockout artist in the sport of boxing? What kind of nut job is this guy? What the hell is wrong with this guy? He is the reigning WBC heavyweight. I mean, why would you, not only that, he's 30 and 0 and he has knocked out every professional boxer that he's faced. He hasn't won by decision in any of the fights. It's always a knockout. 
If you don't know who Deontay Wilder is, they call him the Bronze Bomber because he's from Alabama and a likeness, I guess, to Joe Lewis, the, the, the Brown Bomber. But Deontay Wilder is the most recent recipient of a medal in the Olympics. A heavyweight boxer. Most exciting fighter outside of maybe Gannity Golovkin in the world right now as far as knockouts. And Americans love their heavyweight knockout artists like Mike Tyson. So if you're looking for someone like that, it's Deontay Wilder. He's got a, a, a past that involves, you know, he was a, a football player in junior college and he dropped out, had some financial problems, has a young daughter everybody knows about. And some loser for some reason, is heckling him. How did he get his phone number? How was I he don't know. Sending him text messages with the N-word? And, I mean, that's very bizarre. And in a weird, strange kind of way, and this is going to sound weird, I kind of got to give that guy, whoever the hell that nut job was, a little <laughs> bit of credit. Because there's no, first off, I would never do that to, some, to an athlete like that. But what kind of balls does this guy have to get in the ring with Deontay Wilder? What the hell? Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> he is clearly insane. I watched the video, and it's Deontay Wilder just lecturing him and then and then just punching him and knocking him down. Mm-hmm. And Wilder could have gotten on top of him and probably, and beat him some more. probably ended his life easily. Because <laughs> this is not a big guy. He looked like he was in okay physical shape, maybe six foot. Uh, maybe he plays pickup basketball regularly. I don't know. But Deontay Wilder is six foot seven and knocks everybody out that he gets into the ring with, and he was just stalking him around. It was that video was awesome. I got to say, for Ashley's loco cinco mm-hmm. of this week, is that your favorite story? That story gets my vote just because I love that video so much. I for, I had forgot that I had watched it a couple days ago. But Deontay was saying things like, "You don't ever you say whatever you want about me. You don't ever talk about my daughter." And this guy had apparently said. Rude things about Deontay Wilder's daughter. I mean, what yeah, the, he said he was going to tape her mouth shut or something like that. That, that that's horrible. But in a weird way, I gotta kind of give it give it to him for getting in there and, and fighting him. I guess that guy's gonna end up in prison or something. Yeah, I want to know what that guy does for a living. I don't know. I'm looking at the video again now. I I got stuck for a second, but I don't know what he does. But. And at the very end, I mean, Deontay Wilder just ended it with flinching at him, and the guy just ran, mm-hmm. and, and then he laughed, and that, that, that's a great story. I love I'd it. run, too, if he flinched at me. <laughs> I, I would never get, if I thought Deontay Wilder was mad at me, I wouldn't be within two states of him. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, we, we host the knockout hour from 9 till 10 every Sunday here on 1450 WXVW, where we talk about all things within the combat sports realm. Mixed martial arts here in the state of Kentucky and nationally. And boxing. We're big boxing fans here at, at 1450. And I actually followed Deontay Wilder's career. I've mm-hmm. watched, I'll say, I've watched his last six fights. And they're all complete knockouts. And this nut job fan thought it was a good idea to get in there. And I guess he thought he was going to fight him? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that, he, really, he had his gloves on like he, you know, like he... In a stance, like he was really about to, about to do about some to damage. Do I some guess damage. I don't know what he thought. I guess. Well, uh, he was confident. I don't know. Well, this is a, a Mother's Day edition of the weekend sports buzz from ten till noon. We got plenty of NBA playoffs to talk about, but I should say, being that it's Mother's Day, that I'm very fortunate to have the best mother in the world.
Uh, maybe not. Maybe no. second best because no. mine's the best. Just my, my mother is a, a very motivational person. Later today, she's got my two kids with her now. And I'll go meet with her. And before I go, we will jog a few miles together. So my nice. mom is clearly the best in the world. And she's even... <laughs> well, I'll give you that for today. It'll be nice. But she's very motivational. She, she'll get me to actually work out with her. So I couldn't be more fortunate um, to have a, a very positive and supportive influence on my life from every, every aspect. Growing up, Ashley... I wasn't always a real easy kid to probably to be a mother too. I can't. I can't, can't imagine, imagine that. that. No, so, no. But if you ask my mom, I was. So I, I was very fortunate to be blessed with a, a, an angel for a, for a mom who was mm-hmm. very thick skin and, and was able to handle everything in very with grace. So happy Mother's Day to my mother and to every mother out there. Got the NBA playoffs to talk about, Ashley. Mm-hmm. You're a Heat fan. I am. I'm a disappointed Heat fan today. The Heat lost last night to the New Jersey Nets, to Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. I mean, this this New Jersey Nets team, to me, is very interesting. They've got, let me bring up the box score, actually. But they have Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, guys like Sean Livingston, who was, who was written off as a bust years ago. Mm-hmm. They've got Andre Karolinko. They've got Deron Williams, Joe Johnson. They have the biggest salary, not just in the NBA, but in the history of the NBA. They're owned by that, what is he, Russian? I think he's, yeah, the Russian billionaire, multi-billionaire Russian uh, owner of the Brooklyn Nets. So they, they have the biggest salary in the history of the league. And they were able to beat the Miami Heat yesterday. Mm. Will they be able to beat him again? I don't know. I don't know. I think that was a fluke. <laughs> Possibly a, fl- a fluke. The next game will also be in Brooklyn, so maybe they'll be able to make a, a series of it. I yeah, don't. I think their best. I don't foresee is, it actually being a, 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 a test for the Heat. Though. I don't think so either. I think their best bet is to try to win this next game that's in Brooklyn. But um, after this, it's over. You think the Heat are going to cruise to their third consecutive title? Mm, yes. You think the San Antonio Spurs, who are playing very well. They're playing really well. Only dominant team of the playoffs. Really, Kelly? I think so. I had to like remember that they, there are people listening to us right now. Only dominant team of the playoffs thus far is looking like it's the San Antonio Spurs. The Miami Heat, they're the champs. They, they're somewhat coasting. They, I mean, they, they are it, the champs, and yeah, as such, and they, you must respect them. You must respect them. But does any team actually have a chance at dethroning the Miami Heat this year? Probably not. Maybe not. My question to you, Ashley, is we saw Michael Jordan do a three-peat. He did it twice. We saw, I believe, Kobe and Shaq did a three-peat. After this year, do you see the Miami Heat sticking together in attempting something that we haven't seen done in a long time? A four-peat. Do you see them sticking around, or do you see this team falling apart? Maybe Chris Bosh going his separate ways, or, I mean, hell, there's even been talk of LeBron going somewhere else, like, I don't, New York, or back to Cleveland. Nah, um, I honestly, I don't, I feel like this team came together because their passion was about, was to win. Like, they all came together um, to win championships. And that's what they their goal is. They said they're going to win eight or ten in a row. Remember with the fingers, 
LeBron was saying one, two, three. I think he got up to like seven or eight. I don't know if they'll reach that, but they're, I mean, they almost, they almost won one right when they got there. They mm-hmm. made it to the finals and lost. But now they've won two in a row. It looks like they're going to win their third. Will they be able to get to four? And if so, how how far can they realistically go? Five? Who knows? Six? I mean... Is Dwayne Wade too old for that no. type of talk? You don't how, think so? how old is Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan's... He's up there. He is. Let's see. I'll, I'll bring it up. Tim Duncan, I'm going to guess he's 35. And then Tony Parker is how old, too? He's only like 31. Is he? Yeah. Maybe he's... Has he just been around that long? Well, he came into the league as a 19-year-old. Okay, that makes sense then. Uh, yeah, he was born in 82. So he's 31? He'll be 32 in a couple, actually in six days. Okay. Let's see how old is Tim Duncan. It's different for big men, though. You see guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Tim Duncan be able to hang around for a long time. He's 38. I was wrong. I said 30. I don't know what I said, but he, Tim Duncan's 38 years old, still playing at a very high level. How old is Dwayne Wade? More importantly, how, how old are his, his knees? Right, and that that's probably the bigger issue. I don't know. Do Does LeBron need Dwayne Wade to win a title? Need, no. Great to have him. Dwayne Wade's 32. So he's not that old. He's not. And in the grand scheme, when you look at people like uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth, <laughs> that's continuing to play. How old is Ray Allen? Let's uh, see. I'll say 37. Okay, when you see guys like that, you, you think you, it makes you think that Dwayne Wade's still got some years, yeah, could, some gas could, left in the tank for a few more years. If he takes really good care of his body, um, which I'm not sure you know, if he's a drinker or anything like that, but if Dwayne Wade is a person that's committed to taking care of his body, Ray Allen's 38. Yeah. He probably takes great care. I would imagine someone like that takes great care of themselves. Yeah, he has to. So we'll see. I mean, very interesting. In this region, a lot of people, everybody, I'll say, loves basketball. College basketball is king in the Louisville, southern Indiana area. No question about it. Mm -hmm. But the NBA gets a little bit of a bad rap around here. I have always loved the NBA. NBA was my first love as a sports fan since I was a very, very young kid. So I mean, who is your team? Have you always had the same? I'm a Pacers fan, and that's as a result of proximity. To be honest, Mm -hmm. I went to Pacers games when I was younger. I remember seeing, and I think it was '92. I got to see uh, the Pacers play against the Orlando Magic, so I actually saw Shaq play. I saw Michael Jordan play three times in person. Nice. Uh, Once at the United Center, once at the, what was it, the Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. And then I saw him once play an intramural, I'm sorry, not intramural, a preseason game at Freedom Hall. So I've got to see some great NBA in person. I'd say I'm more of an NBA fan overall instead of just a team fan. What was it like to see... um... Michael Jordan playing person. It was awesome. I was, it was, when I saw him play at the United Center, I think it was in 97. So it was a year that, he, you know, they were winning a title. I think it was the beginning of their, their second, or in the, maybe in the middle of their second three-peat. Mm-hmm. So that, that was amazing. So you were able to witness greatness. I was able to eyes. see, I was able to see in person Shaq once, and I saw Michael Jordan three times. Mm-hmm. I'll I forever to- have that with me. That's awesome. I saw Shaq and LeBron play 
Did you? In uh, Cleveland. That was That's the only in an NBA game I've ever been to in my life. Really? Who yep. did they play? Uh, I don't even remember because okay. I didn't care. I was there um, during the year I was Miss Black Ohio. Okay. And so um, I got to go and I got to bring like five people with me. Wow. But, so I took my mom, my friend, uh, Brittany, and she had a young son who was, I think, maybe three or four at the time. So we took him, I took my uncle, uh, Chubby, which is funny, it's his nickname. Is he Chubby? No, he's not at all. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, okay, but okay. he's actually like 6'7", um, pretty lean guy, he was a Navy guy, probably shouldn't mess with him, Kelly. I won't mess um, with him. But he had never been to an NBA game before, grew up in Cleveland, huge Cleveland uh, Cavs fans. So I got to take him with me down to the court, and um, they interviewed me. Like you got to go out onto the court on the at halftime. No, during the game, like they like really? during the, like one of the TV timeouts, and they like introduced me to the fans, and I they like interviewed me, which was fantastic. And then I got to go back out um, at the next timeout and throw T-shirts into the stands with the cheerleaders, which was so much fun. Wow! But I got to like stand on the court when these guys were coming out of the timeout and i was like oh my god these guys are so big the nba players yeah yeah it's it's uh one thing i think to see them on tv but to be like standing in the same space you realize how massive those guys are it was a great great experience there's a couple different ways for me that that stand out to me when i'm at a game and let's say i'm real high like i was when i saw michael jordan play Mm -hmm. i was real high at the united center and I was looking down. They all looked, I mean, they're all relative to each other. Steve Kerr looked like, oh, he's probably 5'9". Really, he's 6'6". Six, six. So it's it's tough to really gauge how big everyone is. Yeah, but if, the but perspective is different because the guys are all so big. So the guys that look like they're 5'6", like you said, are maybe 6'1", 6'2", 6'3". Yeah. And then the guys that like Shaq that are, what, 7'2"? Yeah. They make you look like a child. Yeah, and... <laughs> It, but if you're actually fortunate enough to be on the court, which I've been able to get down on the court at Pacers games, you really do get to appreciate just how big Roy Hibbert is. Mm, sure. Or, I mean, just any of these guys. Um, James Jones, I remember looking at him at the end of the Pacers bench during a, a timeout, something like that. And, I mean, just any of these guys are just ridiculously big, long human be- human <laughs> beings. So I, I think there's... An NBA game is just an amazing performance. Yeah, it's a great experience. They're shooting, you said, throwing T-shirts into the stands. Yeah. They're shooting, you know, just like all sorts, almost like there's confetti everywhere and almost mm-hmm. like it's a circus or something. Yeah, it's a big game. Like um, when we were waiting off to the side, um, I got to meet some of the cheerleaders, the mascot who got a little bit closer to me than I would really? like. <laughs> was he in a was he in a costume? Yes. Um I have pictures. Getting a little, a little a little feely with you? A little bit, yeah. Wow. Um, okay. It's funny because we took a picture together and he was like hugging me like really tight and I have one one of the most awesome pictures that I took, which was my profile picture for, for almost a year. Um, of me like in the middle of all of their they have dancers at the Cavs games. They're like guys that like break dance and oh, stuff. Okay. Um, that was one of my favorite pictures ever, but and them and the cheerleaders. Awesome! So you would have enjoyed the cheerleaders, Kelly, because they were all pretty, pretty girls. I mean, NBA games are are really they're like shows. They're they're, they're like actually. shows. They're amazing. I, I look forward to going to a game soon. I, I've got an uncle who lives in Miami, and he's been going to a lot of him and his son, my cousin, have been going to a lot of these. Heat home games mm. in the playoffs. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, there's really almost nothing that, that could be cooler than to live and to see a home team 
in the midst of this playoff run and the possibility of a three-peat. Um, it's just amazing. But the entire NBA playoffs this year, I think, is full of great stories. Yeah, I You know, agree. the Heat lead the Nets 2-1. to one. They, they won yesterday. I'm sorry, the Nets won yesterday. The Spurs lead the Blazers 3-0. to zero. The Thunder lead the Clippers 2-1, to one, you know, amidst the Donald Sterling scandal and everything like that. It looked after the first game of the series when the Clippers almost inexplicably just blew the Thunder out. Mm-hmm. It looked like maybe they were the, the Clippers team and DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, maybe they were going to put something together and dethrone the Kevin Durant-Russell Westbrook-led Thunder. But... They've now won the, the next two games, so it's now Thunder ahead 2-1. to one. Game four is today at 3.30, so I'm really looking forward to that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be interesting. You like anybody on those teams? Chris Paul, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant? I like Chris Paul. I also like Kevin Durant. I like how he plays. Um, I think he plays really hard. Russell uh, Westbrook tends to get on my nerves. Why? Because he's a gun? He's a gunner. He's, yeah, he, he shoots a lot. <laughs> he's actually been, during these two wins, he's actually been playing really well. But you're right, he, he's, a, he's a gun. Shout out to Beyonce, Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Beyonce's a mother, isn't she? She is a mother. So ha- happy Mother's Day, Beyonce. I'm going to sing along with this one this time. Please do. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to have to charge people for that. Ashley and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Ashley, I'm sorry, I accidentally came back into CeeLo when I meant to stick with the theme of the Mother's Day Beyonce song. We're the Weekend Sports Buzz coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW. It's the offseason around here. Not college basketball, not college football going on right now. But as we talk about all sports, we've always got the NBA playoffs to talk about. NFL draft started on Thursday, was over the weekend. A lot of storylines there. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, which is 502-384-1450. Talk to our man, Rashawn Myers, this morning. How are you doing this morning, Rashawn? Kelly, I'm doing well this morning. How are you doing? Doing great. We appreciate you joining us. Um, I know it's it's been a, a great event, the NFL draft for the Louisville Cardinals specifically. I know none of these guys are Bobby Petrino players, but that doesn't change how it feels to have three first-round draft picks, does it? No, not, not at all. I think that you know what we've seen uh, in just the growth of the program at the University of Louisville, starting with Howard Schnellenberger and how John L. Smith continued that momentum, and then, of course, Larry Petrino took it to a whole different level, uh, making it to the first DCS Bowl, and then... Of course, you do have that three-year hiccup that I'd rather not speak about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> then, the question mark uh, era. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't want to talk about that, that, that guy. I just kind of ignore that. You know, we just kind of put a, a black mark over that a little bit of time. But, uh, no, not at all. I think that, you know, what the University of Louisville did 
um, in sending three guys as first-round draft picks, even though there were some anxious moments on if there was going to be a third selection uh, in the first round for the Cardinals. It was a great, great day for the University of Louisville. You know, looking over the draft, when, you, when you're watching the NFL draft, round one on ESPN, it's such a spectacle these days. They've really made each of the, I think they had 30-something guys come out, even though they couldn't all possibly be taken in the first round. But the, the attention was really paid to Johnny Manziel. I mean, he dominated the talk regardless of the pick. But if you look over the draft and you see that our man, the safety Calvin Pryor, was taken 18th overall, you take into consideration the fact that he was actually taken above someone like Johnny Manziel, that, that puts a little bit of context to how highly someone like Rex Ryan thinks of Calvin Pryor, what do you think of the marriage of Calvin Pryor and Rex Ryan at the New York Jets? Well, you know what? I I love the selection, and this is the thing that I kind of saw. A lot of times, especially with the NFL, and and unfortunately, Brian Brown, as well as Chris Redman, two of the great signal callers at the University of Louisville, got into tough situations right out of college, and I think it really kind of hampered their development, and, and, you know, the first guy to come off the board, then Calvin Pryor, uh, the safety, headed up to the New York Jets, where he's going to be joined by three other Cardinals, which is awesome. I think that, that you know, the, the Jets have definitely adopted the University of Louisville as their surrogate team, I think. Um, but I love it. Rex Ryan bringing in Calvin Pryor. It's a situation where the Jets needed somebody to immediately come in and fill a role and fill a void, and I think Calvin's going to do an excellent job going up there uh, you know, along with the other Cardinals, uh, Johnny Patrick, as well as uh, Breno Giacomini and Bilal Powell. I, I love it. I think it's a very good situation. I think he fits with the scheme. They have a very aggressive attacking defense. Uh, so I think it really fits the strengths of what Calvin does well. So I expect that he's going to have a, a pretty quick impact there for the Jets. And I expect for him, if he's not starting, to definitely be in that rotation in week one. Now, Kevin Pryor went 18th overall to the New York Jets. That was somewhat anticipated. We all knew he was probably going to be a first-round pick. We thought maybe Teddy would be a first-round pick, but he might slip into the the second-round selection. He ended up making in uh, to the first round, the very last pick. Teddy Bridgewater went to our Minnesota Vikings, which is now, I assume, our adopted team here in the Louisville area because Teddy is, you know, the glamour position, the quarterback. But, Rashawn, Marcus Smith wasn't, wasn't even projected to be a first-round pick. And he, Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles thought enough of him to take him with the 26th overall pick. How surprised were you? Uh, you know, it was one of those things where it, it was funny because I, I walked out of the room. <laughs> I walked out of the room. I got distracted doing something. And then I came back. And they were, you know, I, I knew the teams that were picking, so I, I figured that Teddy was not going to be selected at that point by the Eagles with them having so much success with Nick Foles. So I was like, well, I'll come back in in a second. Then I hear all of a sudden that, you know, well, Marcus Smith is off the board now, but who's going to be off? Excuse me? <laughs> and, and find out that Marcus Smith actually did indeed get selected by the Eagles. It's, it's once again a great situation. The Philadelphia Eagles had an immediate, immediate need on the defensive line, 
Um, they needed some guys that could come in there, uh, you know, rush the passer, a guy who could play both on the defensive end as well as the outside linebacker spot where uh, Marcus actually tried out at both. So I think he's going to add some versatility uh, to the Eagles' defensive line. I know that makes Trevor Bacon-Kelsey very happy. <laughs> uh, you know, and he, I, I believe he already said on Friday that he will definitely have a, a jersey of his. Yes, ma'am. Um, I had a really similar um... – situation to what you did in terms of uh, him being drafted because I, I was actually I had zoned out a little bit and I heard his name and I said that guy sounds familiar and I'm thinking why and they said Louisville I was like Louisville yeah but I totally I was totally zoned out for a while because I, I was watching the first few guys and I was like I don't know who this guy is I've never heard of him what's going on in this draft and then I heard that name I said that guy sounds really familiar. Louisville, okay, Louisville. And then I'm right. like, but it's not even Teddy, and we have somebody in the first round. That was really exciting. So definitely an exciting night. It, it was unbelievable. I, it, it really did. I think that it cost, caught most Louisville fans off guard. Like, I don't know how many people actually saw that pick for their selection because it was kind of so out of right field that, you know, it was kind of Calvin Pryor had already been selected, and you knew that the teams – that were drafting weren't looking at quarterbacks. So you just kind of zoned out or did other things, maybe flipped it over to the NBA or something. Then all of a sudden you see Marcus Smith is off the board. But, no, it was it was awesome, and, and it's another very good situation. So I'm excited for Marcus. I think the Eagles got a, a good player, um, and I think that he's going to be another guy that's going to be playing, if not starting uh, day week one, he will be in that rotation. So it, it's a good spot for Marcus. A big NFL draft for the Louisville Cardinal fans, no question about it. Rashawn, while we have you on the line, I will ask, there's a couple NBA playoff games. I know you're a big NBA guy. Today at 3.30, we have Game 4, the Thunder, and the Clippers. Do you see the Clippers possibly tying the series up today and and, and making a, a competitive series out of it? You know, it, it, it's the craziest thing. I mean, th- this that series specifically has been so crazy. Uh, it, it's been one where, you know, the, to come out and watch the Clippers really kind of take the thunder to the woodshed in that first game, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe the Clippers are really trying to make a serious run. They look not only like they could beat the thunder, but they look like they may win the whole thing, uh, you know, the, the way that they play. And then, of course, uh, Oklahoma City comes back and gets two in a row. Um, so I'm really having a struggle uh, with trying to figure out what I knew in this series. I Believe it or not, I actually thought the Clippers would be able to get this done, and I didn't even know if it would possibly go seven, uh, just because I really like uh, what the Clippers are doing. I think this whole Donald Sterling kind of thing is their inspiration because this is a team that has all the talent. Well, on paper, they're the most talented team in the NBA. Uh, I mean, they have a great bench. They have excellent stars. Chris Paul's the best point guard uh, out there. You have Blake Griffin, uh, DeAndre Jordan, who was the NBA Defensive Player of the Year. But you know what? they got to circle the wagons. If they don't get this win today, then they need to get not only this win today, but I think they need to get Game 5 in Oklahoma City because you don't want to have to go 7th around the Game 7. Rashawn, that would not be good. Today, uh, May 11th, Mother's Day 2014, who will be the NBA champion? I like that. Who'd you say? Who, who's your pick to be the NBA chance, champion, Rashawn, before we let you go? Um, ooh, at this point, the Heat are looking good. I hate LeBron with every breath of my body, so I'm definitely going to be pulling for the Brooklyn Nets. But 
The Heat are looking good right now. I got, I got to give them props. Rashawn, I knew you were a smart man. All right. <laughs> thank you very much. For, thank you very much, Rashawn. Have a great rest of your weekend. Hey, happy Mother's Day. You all have a good one. Thank you. Ashley and I will be back with more of your weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to your weekend sports buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Miller coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon. Talking about all things in the world of sports. The weekend sports buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Our Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we got our man Brandon Lawrence on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brandon? Hey, what's up, Kelly? What's up, Ashley? How y'all doing? Good morning, sunshine. Beyonce. Good morning. Good morning. Before we Happy get... Mother's Day to Beyonce and Monica Lewinsky, man. Oh. <laughs> and, Mo- and Monica Lewinsky, huh? Yeah. Is she in that song, too? Is she? She's not. Oh, yeah, her name is in the song. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. Her name's not in that song. Her name is no, in no. Partition. Oh, okay, Partition. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Before we go any further, I do think we should <laughs> clarify that. Is is Monica Lewinsky a mother? We don't know. <laughs> she could have been. <laughs> oh. Okay. Brandon, did you catch any factual inaccuracies on our part from today's show? No, nah, no, no factual inaccuracy. Uh, not really. I mean, you guys are pretty much on point. And it, it was a great draft by uh, by Louisville. Uh, it was a surprise pick uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles picking Smith. I think Rashawn was right. Everybody caught was caught off guard by that. But they they expect him to be a big pass rusher. So if he does, you know, that's a, that's a plus for the Eagles. Now, Brandon, you are a Dallas Cowboys fan. And I'll go ahead and say I, yep. I consider you to be a realistic, rational fan. At the, <laughs> and for the sake of this, at least I do. Uh, all jokes aside, the 16th pick. It is rumored that Jerry Jones really felt the pressure, maybe, of taking a Texas kid in Johnny Football and bringing him to be the heir apparent to Tony Romo. But instead, they opted to take offensive tackle out of Notre Dame, Zach Martin. What do you think of this pick, and what does it say about Jerry Jones? I think it's a great pick, and I think what it says is that Jerry Jones probably didn't make that pick. Okay. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I mean, you know, all, all indications was they were going to take Johnny Manziel if he was available, which, you know, everybody I talked to as a Cowboys fan did not want that. And I think that um, they made a rational pick. If you look at it, the last three years they've made uh, offensive line picks with uh, Tyron Smith and the Frederick kid from uh, Wisconsin, and this year with the guy from uh, Notre Dame. So I think they're building a, a line that could rival the one like back in 93 to 96, you know? Larry Allen and all, all those guys. Huh? You think that the, the Cowboys line is on the verge of being that good? I mean, you, you don't know, but I mean, you got Ty. If you look at Smith, man, Smith is the All Pro 
uh, he's a, you know, he's on the way to the Cowboy Ring of Honor. So uh, in just a couple of years, he's 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 great. And you got to protect Romo, man. I mean, you know, he's getting bounced all over the place. So we didn't need Johnny Manziel. Um, you know, he doesn't fit anything that the Cowboys are trying to do. Brandon, at tonight at eight o'clock in Washington, the Pacers are playing the Wizards. Pacers are currently leading two to one. What are you? What are your predictions for tonight's game? It's DC rising, baby. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blowout. The Wizards are gonna blow them out. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they're gonna give uh you know Roy Hibbert had a good homecoming. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I mean that's been the difference, man. This guy. I mean you know once he gets you going, it's like. You know who's a seven-two post guy, traditional. Gortat is can't stop him. We're going to, have to do something. John Wall's got to find a jump shot, man. He's got the worst jump shot in the NBA, man. He, he does have a um, bad jump shot, and and he's made a couple. Not to really ride ride John Wall too hard. Um, he 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 seems to really make some poor decisions. If you don't have a jump shot, you can get by. He's got freakish athleticism. Why does he shoot three pointers and, and top of the key jump shots late in the shot clock and late in the game when shooting jumpers is is not his strength? Hey Kelly, man, I mean you saw the game. He when he misses, they bounce to half court, and that's automatic fast break. Yeah, I don't know what the guy's doing, man. I don't know what he's doing, but hopefully, uh, Nene is Chris Weber calls him. I think it's Nene, but Nene is uh, <laughs> as Weber calls him. Could could uh you know he's the guy that's going to solidify him. Nene, um, Gortat, just feed it down low, and I think we'll be good to go. We'll take our chances with that, and let Wall drive, let Bill shoot. Trevor Ariza's got to hit some threes, man. Um, you know if Ariza hits some threes and get get slow, slow, slow Andre Miller, hopefully he'll get and make no mistakes. Um, we'll be all right. I think we'll tie it two to two and go back to Indianapolis. You know, we can go up to the game together and watch the Wizards close it out up there. We should do that, Brandon. We should definitely do that. I, w- I would love to. At three thirty today, the the Clippers and Thunder are playing at the Staples Center. What are your predictions for this? Do the Clippers have a uh, a pretty good chance at tying the series at two to two? Uh yeah, I think so. Because, like Ashley said, Westbrook is a is a is a gun. Um, he'll shoot them out of the game if if it's a way to find a game. If it's a way to Lose the game, Westbrook will, will do it. And uh, Scotty Brooks is the coach in the NBA. Has anybody done less with more than Scotty 